welcome to another episode of the Nativity Podcast. We are so glad to be with you on this wonderful day. I am Father Ed Bresnahan, parochial vicar of Nativity Parish here in Burke, Virginia. And with me, <laughs> as always... I'm your co-host, Mary Castellano, Nativity Social Media Coordinator. We are so glad. Mary, I'm so glad you're back. This is good to have you. And with us today, we have a very exciting episode. We're going to be talking all things. We're going to be talking all things marriage, mm -hmm. uh, weddings, marriage, love is in the air today. <laughs> and, uh, and so joining us today is a wonderful couple. I'm very grateful to have gotten to know them since, uh, since my move here um, is Jennifer Sturgeon and her wonderful husband, Mark. I love the fact, uh, it's one of the first things that I discovered here is that we have so many things going on in our amazing parish. We actually have a coordinator or a director, I should say, of marriage enrichment. So something to help couples grow stronger. So we're gonna learn a lot about that work today and, uh, and everything. So now Mary, you have been involved in weddings as well, or I should say uh, the marriage and engagement process, because not only are you our social media <laughs> coordinator, but you are also an aspiring, not an aspiring, you're an actual professional photographer. That's right, yeah. I, I mostly do engage engagements. Um, I've only ever done two weddings to date. I, I really do prefer portraits where the environment's a little more controlled. It's a lot less stress. So it's very rare that I would do a wedding. Wait, weddings are stressful? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, certainly as a, uh, I spent about six years in a high school, so not a lot of weddings going on during that time. There were a few, a few like teachers and other folks who I got to do weddings for, but for the most part, uh, not so much for a, a while there. But uh, most of the parishes I've been assigned to, very busy and a lot of weddings going on. So I've done quite a few over my decade or so in, in the priesthood. So I, I don't know. It's one of those things where as a priest, you kind of get a bird's eye view. But I have to ask, right, because every, every wedding has uh, amazing little ups and downs are always there's beauty there's joy but sometimes something goes a little bit haywire with the group that we have here today i feel like we have a probably a good group to answer this question so what is one of the craziest or one of the most unusual things that's happened to you in the context of your work with an engaged couple wedding or a wedding you guys have been a part of so i was a bridesmaid the groomsmen had just a little bit of a miscommunication. I was in the back of a van on our way to get our hair and makeup done with all the other bridesmaids. And I hear the mother of the bride say to her daughter, my friend, this should have been done months ago. And that's never a good start. <laughs> so I later found out several months later that the groomsmen, while we had a pretty pretty relaxed morning getting our hair and makeup done with the bride and all the ladies together, the groomsmen were running around to men's warehouse, Kohl's, any shopping mall they could to find tuxedos or matching suits because no mm. one had ordered them. And someone had just dropped the ball and forgotten, which is why the mother of the bride said, this should have been done months ago. So I just think that has got to be one of the best, like like wedding fails I've ever heard was the groomsmen show up to their to the groom's wedding day and they don't have anything to wear. That's crazy. <laughs> all right, how about you guys? Well, I see little things that happen all the time, and we just smile and push on. But uh, one wedding a couple months ago, I guess, came in from out of town. And Wait, she hold on, hold on. You probably want to preface this by saying that you are the wedding coordinator 
for the parish. That is true, yeah. So in addition to helping marriage enrichment, Jennifer is also our coordinator. She's our she's our point person for the brides when, when the day happens. Right, yeah, the day of. Yeah, that's all underneath the marriage enrichment ministry. Uh, so this lady came in an hour beforehand. She was nice and early, but what had happened is she had fallen, and not on our parish grounds. It was when she was going out to her car to mm. drive here. And the way she fell, she broke both of her shoes. Ooh. So she Whoa. came in carrying her shoes, and it was just being quick on her feet, Tina and I, um, and finding some super glue and gluing her shoes together. And we used tables and uh, chairs to help hold her shoes down, and they were able to dry quickly enough to get her through the wedding wow. ceremony. That's, that is amazing. I bet, like, at the end, she was just, like, so grateful. <laughs> well, I had this rolling bag that I use for weddings, and you'll have to come and see what's inside of it some sometime. It's all these little things that you wouldn't think you need, but oh, they've wow. all come to use, especially, like, safety pins. Oh, my oh, gosh. Man. That's, it's essential. That's essential. Everybody needs that friend in their corner yes. who's, uh, who's going to help them out. Um, when people are getting married in the church, sometimes they have sort of different like degrees of um, what they know happens in a Catholic wedding versus what they've seen on TV versus what they've seen in maybe a Hallmark movie or something <laughs> like that. And, uh, and, and so I think a lot of times people have different ideas about what they, what they want their wedding to look like. And on occasion, the ask might be a little bit of an extreme that you've never heard of before and there was one one couple and it really was they were an absolutely lovely couple but i think they had really been fans of the the twilight series and so they had this idea i think that that um that the bride was going to make her entrance um with a particular song that it, it's not a church song it's not a religious song it's not even really like a wedding song it was just a song from the movie and uh, so she was going to come into that music and that they didn't tell me about it until the day of the rehearsal when they asked me where where they could put the fog machine. Oh my god! And because they wanted to have this like ethereal like music playing with like a big fog machine like blasting fog down the aisle of the church, and uh, so um, well, I locked the fog machine away. I don't, I don't think they, they the fog machine oh never gosh. never made it out. Uh, I'm not 100 percent sure what ended up happening to the fog machine, but uh, but it definitely didn't show up at the wedding. I just felt so bad because it was like it, it threw me for a loop. I didn't even know where to begin with that. Where do you mm. begin with? And our fog machine. <laughs> I can understand, like, you know, bridesmaids, groomsmen, we've got this going on and that going on, these people in this procession seating grandparents and great-grandparents, but I, I wasn't ready for the fog. Machine, so. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a great title for an episode. I wasn't ready for the fog I machine. Wasn't ready for the fog machine. <laughs> well, to our loyal listeners, um, we're so grateful that you guys are, are such a part of what we've uh, been going through. We've been getting just some really great feedback, and, and so we want to be able to continue... Uh, to bring you these incredible stories of, of what our parishioners uh, and what uh, what our family, what our parish here in Burke is is doing, uh, and so so we really have a, like a two for today for you, almost like a, a two for one special because we're going to talk about a marriage couple, but we're also going to talk a little bit about um, kind of the process and and some of the things uh, for enriching a marriage and and, and going through that today. So uh, I want to actually just start then by looking at this wonderful couple of Jennifer and Mark and just ask you guys how in the heck did you guys meet out of all the billions of people in the world and all the places that you guys could have been from and everything um what brought you guys together how did you guys meet our stories we met on halloween night in 1998 at northern arizona university um i was dressed up as a cat 
and he was dressed up as Men in Black. Oh, nice. But a, a Men in Black. A Men in Black. But I hadn't seen the movie yet. <laughs> not not so plural. I, I didn't get his costume. I'm like, oh. why is he just wearing a suit? <laughs> and sunglasses, right? And sunglasses and listening to German hip hop. Like, who is this guy? <laughs> that, that wasn't part of the Men in Black theme. <laughs> I was just in the German hip hop at the time. Yeah, it was uh, it was actually quite a uh, it's quite a story I think because we found out pretty quickly that uh, we had a lot in common. Found out that we were both half German, that we were born in the same city in Germany, uh, that we both had grandparents still living in that area, probably about half an hour apart. And then a little further down the road, we found out that we probably actually lived across the street from each other as children at one point in Germany on we a did. military housing area. We did. we did live across, like yeah. on the same street, but in different I, I, apartment buildings across from each yeah. other. And then our grandmothers were from the same area, too. Yep, um, that's true. Yeah, they were both from this, um, this part of Czechoslovakia that uh, where a lot of Germans used to live before World War II. Um, so just all these, these, you know, connections that we had, but, you know, we meet in Arizona, you know, and on a college campus at a Halloween party, at a <laughs> Halloween party. And we found out that night I was going back in December to visit my grandfather. He was going back also in December to visit his grandmother. Okay. So, we, so we certainly think that this was part of a, a plan. Absolutely. All right. All right. Not our plan. It's <laughs> right. beautiful. Like, hmm, I wonder whose plan that could have been. <laughs> so, w- at what point um, did you have to a- did you have to ask her dad for permission, or how did you propose? I'm trying to think back now. I think uh, I, at one point I, I did go to her home um, in Tucson, Arizona. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, not too long after we met. It'd been a few months. I think I did talk to her dad. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if I asked specifically about marriage at that time. Did I? It might I, have honestly, been your first remember, visit home, I think your second time you came. There was a point where I think we had, we kind of had that conversation. Sure. And, uh, I, I think he made it pretty clear that it, it was it was fine by him. And then we uh, we actually got engaged on New Year's uh, nice. of 2000, right when the clock hit 12. And at 99 became 2000 is when I popped the question. Oh, my gosh. In, in Colorado Springs. And there's fireworks that were illuminating um, Pikes Peak. But then you wind up not proposing there. You wind up waiting until we went back to Nate's apartment. And then you got down on one knee in his apartment. Uh, it wasn't, yeah, it probably wasn't the best, um, the best locale. It probably, <laughs> probably could have been, uh, probably been a better, but I think the timing was, was good. It was, it was right at the stroke of midnight. <laughs> you think about all the different places that people propose. You're like, oh, it was in a park. It was by the ocean. It was in my friend's apartment. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Very I realistic. Gotcha. But that's it. Like, I mean, but life is real, right? Yeah. I mean, life is real. And, and, and the rest is history, right? I guess maybe a good question to ask is, how did, how did your faith play a role in the way that you guys have made this relationship and marriage successful? over the years yeah that's that's a great question um when we were engaged and married i used to be like like lord he's not catholic well yeah we we probably should start there so (laughs) (laughs) when we met and when we got married i was not i was not catholic i was not even baptized um i didn't really grow up with a faith background my uh my mom had been catholic um but she had left the church as a teenager Dad, you know, he had, uh, as I understand it, you know, he had attended church now and then as a kid growing up in, in Oklahoma, but it wasn't a regular thing for him. Um, so that just wasn't part of, you know, my life growing up in my family. 
And uh, so when we, we met, we got married in a, uh, in a just of the peace uh, ceremony. And then about five years later, we end up getting married in the church. But at that point, I still wasn't um, a Catholic. And I can't remember what the term is you use when yeah. you can validate. Yeah, called a convalidation. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because it, it validates spiritually what's been done civilly, right? And when you go to a, before a courthouse, the justice of the peace will say something like, by the power vested in me by the state of Virginia. But in a church wedding, we're not appealing to the state of Virginia to bestow a bond. We're asking God to bestow the bond. And so the priest doesn't say, by the power vested in me. The priest says, what God has joined, men must not divide. So there's mm-hmm. a, a very clear, like what they say is it. In the way that we describe it in the church is it's a new act of marrying. If that, uh, it's not just a continuation of the old. So right, yeah. So so you got it convalidated in the church a couple of years afterwards, about five so, years yeah, later, fantastic. and then about uh, four years after that, I made the decision um, that I want to become Catholic. Um, so in the interim, I had started going to mass um, with uh, with Jen. We had our our two children at that point. And just being exposed to the church in that way made me decide I wanted to be part of that that community. And the um, children were baptized. Right. And we, he we knows sure I made the promise, or we're making a promise to raise our children Catholic. Um, and then Carson would ask you, Dad, are you baptized? Are you baptized? Oh. So, baptized. Oh, that's how he used to say it. So, um, you become Batman. So in, in, <laughs> instilling the faith in the children. So he sees that. So I would be going to, you know, attending mass alone with the boys. And then he just started coming more and more. And then you met Father Joe. And he's, Father Joe started coming over for dinner. And I remember the first time Father Joe came over and I was shaking because I was so nervous because I knew what kind of questions you had coming at him. And Father Joe sat me down on the couch and he said, Jennifer, he's not going to ask me something I've never heard before. Mm. Yeah, Father Joe is great. Uh, I think he's part of the reason, you know, I, I did go to RCIA. We were in Fort Leavenworth, Kansas at the time. He was a, a military chaplain there, fantastic priest. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, I made the decision there. I went through RCIA. Um, and then, uh, yeah, been trying to grow in the faith since then. And I think it's, it's really, really helped our marriage. There's the blessings and graces that come from, you know, having our marriage convalidated. Sure. And there, there's fruits from that. And I think that's what also helped, you know, with you start through RCIA and then a Knights of Columbus and then striving to on a road to holiness together. I think there's something really beautiful, too, about being able to say, I mean, we always talk about having things in common, right? And, uh, of course, you know, having a life together that you build together and certainly children and then obviously the the activities and things that you like to do. But when you can add that whole extra dimension of, uh, of a spiritual life together, of being able to pray together, pray with each other, um, and, and to be able to root your marriage in a sacrament of, uh, the sacrament of marriage, it feels like it kicks everything into another gear. Yeah. I think when you have a Christ-centered marriage, everything else falls in place. When you Amen. keep your priorities on him. Amen. Is that what sort of led that idea of a desire for a Christ-centered marriage and a desire to share that? Is that what sort of led you into wanting to be involved in marriage enrichment? Well, we started marriage enrichment actually in Poland. Okay. Um, when Father Vyspov asked for us to start with pre and then becoming certified instructors that way. But first he did ask me, he wanted to ensure I didn't want to become a priest. <laughs> um, so that started it. 
Um, and then we moved to Slovakia, and we were working with engaged couples there, too. Um, and then we were also a part of the ministry. Um, what branch of the military are you? So I'm in the Army. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for your service. Well, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I'll just say that um, I, I would use the term very loosely, marriage enrichment, to describe what I was doing. I was trying to support her to the extent I could, and that would involve, uh, you know, maybe having a conversation with a married couple. Uh, we did that in Slovakia. But um, I've it's, de- it's definitely been Jen in the lead and kind of me supporting as, as I can in that way. But I feel like there's something very real about that. I think people sort of underestimate, not like not like you're selling yourself short here, but like uh, I think sometimes people underestimate the idea of what it is that we can provide for newly married couples, right, or couples that are engaged. Because I think a lot of times people go through this idea of, okay, the church is going to prepare me for marriage. Like everything the church tells me is everything I need for my marriage to be successful. And, and I don't know that that's possible, right? I don't mm-hmm. think you could possibly tell a couple, here's everything you're going to experience, even even in the first six months of your marriage. And so the idea of being able to say, okay, well, here's a couple and here's what they're doing to try to support one another and everything. And just being able to see somebody supporting another person as they jump in to try to say, hey, here's the ministry that I want to be a part of. That's got to count for something. Yeah. (laughs) Where where I think I might bring the most value is for those couples um, that are, you know, like us initially where one, one is Catholic uh, and one is not, and I can kind of share my experience and how it brought me to the faith. And also, you know, just that, you know, we've been, we've been through our own, you know, trials and tribulations as a married couple, uh, I think like all do. And, uh, you know, I think sharing that with people and kind of, you know, being real in that way, if you put yourself out there as like the perfect Catholic married couple, you know, you feel like maybe you're setting up people for failure, right? Because no one can live up to that and, you know. I know for my, for my, I, I know I haven't been the perfect husband. Uh, and I think, you know, becoming Catholic has helped me become better, but it's still a, uh, it's still a process, you know. We are a work in progress. Exactly. We have to be real authentic mm-hmm. and share the true story. Yeah. I think it's one way to inspire others, but to also meet them where they're at. Absolutely. Yeah. And to be relatable. That's huge. You're in this kind of, role of leadership now that you can yeah relate to people who are coming from non-traditional backgrounds like that and kind of yeah leading the way leading the way to christ like that it's almost like there's a little bit of a bonus um when you think about it if things are always handed to you a certain way or if it's always been a certain way i don't know that there's always as much appreciation for versus when you actively choose something so to actively choose to become catholic and actively embrace the faith gives you a new you know perspective and encourages your guys relationship with each other being able to do that i know that um personally i think this is for a lot of people where they even even for folks that you know, take their faith seriously, there's a moment when they learned that they had to invest in this and they had to make that personal choice. It wasn't just what I got dragged along to as I was a five-year-old or something Mm -hmm. like that. So being able to actively choose that, Mm -hmm. being intentional about that. But I think that factors into your marriage, right? That every day is an opportunity to actively choose to love the other person. Mm -hmm. Every day is saying yes. 
Yeah. yeah. That's a really good way to put that. I like that. Every day is saying yes. Every day is a chance to say yes. So I have to ask then, um, in terms of like what you share with couples that are engaged or couples that are, um, you know, in our in our marriage enrichment program here, Nativity, uh, what's some advice or maybe just an observation that you've noticed from the group, of, from the different people that you've interacted with in your own personal experience? Like so maybe like, what would you tell a couple when they first say, hey, we'd like to get married in the church? How do we make it successful? I think a lot of times our conversations are based off of commun- on communication mm. and having open communication with each other. Yeah, Jen's poking me here. That was perfect. <laughs> it's my, my turn to talk. <laughs> Folks, what you didn't see, what you didn't see over the microphones is, is this brilliant moment where where Jen said the exact right thing and then poked her husband for confirmation and, and continuation. It was a brilliant communication. I always loved it. <laughs> yes, that's that's my response. Yes, everything Jen said. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I guess I would say my advice to couples would be, you know, it's um, it's not something to do just to check the block because you think this is the next step uh, that you need to take in, in your relationship because you've been together for so long. You know, it's it, you really have to be intentional that you are really devoting yourself to the other person and that you intend to spend the rest of your life with them and love them no matter what. Uh, and that's something I can say I didn't have a full appreciation for when I got married. You know, um, I knew I, you know, I loved her and I wanted to be with her and marriage felt like the right thing, but I don't, I didn't have a full understanding of what that all meant. And especially since I've become Catholic, I've realized that even more, how little I I actually knew what marriage was supposed to involve. And we were married when we were 21 and 23. Wow. So it's been a a journey, and we're now in our 40s. Yeah, we'll keep it at that, 40s. (laughs) Yeah, there we go. (laughs) But we also have a phrase that we say with each other, to each other all the time, and that is forever and always. Forever and always. That was um, that was something we kind of adopted early on in our marriage, um, and we actually had it inscribed in our, our wedding bands. One said "Love forever," and the other said "Love always." I think is what we had inscribed. So yeah. we just know for forever and always, through no matter what life throws at us, we don't use the D word. What people of course, say oh, divorce. That's yes. not. That's mm-hmm. not. There is no threats. Oh, oh, you upset me so much, and, and mm-hmm. using that word, we just we don't. We don't go there. And I think that's when the open communication comes into play. Um, you really see that with, on the focus when the when the engaged couples take their focus to like mm-hmm. how much comes down to communication. Sure. Uh, technical insert here. The focus is a. Um, I guess the best way to describe it is it's it's a um, it's a, a survey of statements that a. An engaged uh, couple, um, the the bride and the groom, will fill out a series of statements that they agree with or, or disagree with or are unsure of that get collected into more of a profile that helps uh, Jen and her couples uh, and the priest have a conversation with the engaged couple about things that they've talked about. It's not really like, I think sometimes people will bill it as a test and then they get real nervous. You got to take a test to get married in the Catholic Church. That's not what it is. It's a survey that helps foster a decision discussion about things like finances, children, your outlook on life, your ability to communicate with each other. It's called the FOCUS because it stands for like fostering open communication, something or other. It's a nice little acronym, but mm-hmm. whatever it is, is that's 
when Jen says focus, that's what we're talking about. So couples will fill out this focus test and you'll find that they, um, that they struggle with having a kind of a general understanding of communication or, or something along those lines. Well, I think you'll just see along all these kind of different dimensions where they might be on the same page and then maybe not on the same page. And then, you know, when we talk to them, you try to maybe focus on those areas where it looks like they're not entirely on the same page and kind of unpack that a little bit. So this is just one part of the general marriage enrichment ministry. So I know we keep talking about that marriage enrichment ministry here at Nativity. So maybe, Jen, you can, as the director of this pretty new ministry, maybe you can give us an overview of all the things that this ministry offers and um, maybe some hopes for the future. I would love to. So we already briefly shared before, we have a wedding coordinator ministry, and that's with Tina Ward and I. And we are at every rehearsal and wedding as a silent role, I would say, to help in the background. Um, Tina's usually with the groom, I'm usually with the bride, and just to be there in a supportive role. Um, And then I also connect with all the couples um, for their wedding planning at Nativity. So when they're meeting with the priests, they can focus on their sessions, and then when they have questions like, how tall and wide is the altar? So this can help us decide which flowers to bring in, or about the pew flowers, or any kind of photography questions. I can help plan. Or a fog machine. <laughs> or can we have flowers? Can we throw rice? Can we do bubbles? All those types of questions. Um, we also have an engaged sponsor ministry. So everyone that's engaged at Nativity will be connected with a sponsor couple. And they will meet usually at least once or twice. A lot of times they have meals, drinks together, or some refreshments. So it's a nice conversation to meet another couple. And they're supportive throughout the whole engagement time. And then we also have a marriage program. So we just finished our first marriage program in October. We did a six-week series together. And in the spring coming up, we're going to do a four-week marriage program. And we also have a very strong Facebook community. And we have a flock note every month. That's our email list our for anybody email. who's not familiar. Yeah, and and like I, should say, I should interject just a bit because uh, Jenny is relentless with Facebook. Uh, it's actually, it's incredible uh, how much great content goes out on our Facebook ministry, marriage ministry page. You know, beautiful articles, stories, uh, remembrances of people's anniversaries with mm-hmm. their wedding photos, kind of then and now, and things like that. It's just, it's, it's an incredibly personal and good touch for folks who are in the community to be seen, be recognized, and uh, and be connected. Yeah, same with our email list. It really is a great resource if, if that's something that you and your significant other are looking for, or looking for maybe just specifically Catholic resources. This email list has it all, including, you know, remembering people's anniversaries to articles to videos. Um, I, do, I do recommend it. And this is for couples who are already married but would like to strengthen their marriage. Correct. So the marriage enrichment ministry is actually for those engaged, Mm -hmm. married 50 plus years. So you can be talking about young 20s to couples in their 70s, 80s, 90s. So, So it's for all, which is beautiful about the ministries because you have couples from all different ages and stages coming together and supporting each other. I feel like and I feel like no matter how many years you've been married, there's still something you can learn. I feel like that's an obvious statement, but yeah, absolutely. I think everyone can use marriage enrichment, like joy and coming together. And right now, a word that I hear often from couples, when I say, what would you like from the marriage enrichment ministry or what can we do? And they all say fellowship or community right now. 
that's that's vitally important too. Um, so we also have date nights, mm-hmm. and those are fun. So every couple of months we'll have a guest speaker come in, and we'll come in on a Saturday evening after the 5 p.m. mass and have a topic and fellowship together. Door, door prizes. That's an important component of the date nights. <laughs> some awesome door prizes. That's Everyone awesome. jokes because I always do door prizes, and I'll always do it different each time. So you never know when you're coming to, to a date night how the door prizes is going to run and what the prizes will be. Oh, uh, so you can't, nice. like, game plan, like, looking mm-hmm. under the chairs to see if something's... <laughs> well, we have, so the last date night, some couples came in. As soon as they came in, they started looking underneath their chair already. Oh, my god! Because they knew. That is so funny. Boy, it's competitive. <laughs> it is. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're offering a lot. Um, then once in a while, we'll meet for a Catholic coffee connection at a lo- local coffee shop, and couples will come to that. Um, we had our first mini-retreat. Um, our mini retreats are on Saturdays, once in the fall, once in the spring, after the 9 a.m. Saturday Mass. So then they can stay and have a guest speaker come and, again, fellowship. Yeah, a nice little morning of reflection. Yeah, you guys also do hikes. It's when it's nice weather. I think something that's also important to note is this isn't, like, just a club that you join, you know, like some people, you know, they'll be like, oh, well, this is my ministry or this is so I don't have I, I can't join or really don't have time to do another one. Would you describe it more as a resource? I would describe the ministry as something for for all mm-hmm. and they can attend as much as they want to mm-hmm. or whatever they feel like they're interested in at the time. But the beauty of it is we've had people that joined our Facebook page and they weren't coming to mass and mm-hmm. then they came to a date night. And then they came to a next date night. And then a couple months later, they started coming together to Mass again. So there's fruits that come from the ministry, too. So you have some that come from different side doors. And then the ultimate goal is the Eucharist and come to Mass together. Yes. You're connecting them as a couple and then connecting the couple to other couples. And then you're connecting the whole group to Christ. I feel like that's a a recipe for all marital success. (laughs) That's so good. Well, we certainly are grateful for that ministry here in the church. Uh, As a priest, oftentimes people are like, well, what does the priest know about marriage? But I would say that the vocation of marriage and the vocation of priesthood are very much tied together in terms of sacrifice, in terms of commitment, and in terms of being able to see your role as a gift and being a gift to the other person and giving that sense of offering to the other and that there's there's fruit that comes out of that offering. So I'm always inspired by good married couples. Watching couples grow together in prayer, watching couples um, grow in their love for one another reminds me of what I ought to be doing for the church. And I hope that a good and faithful priest is the kind of thing, kind of kind of thing, kind of person <laughs> that inspires married couples to be able to, to offer themselves in this, in a sacrificial way to each other too. So, uh, so I'm always blessed and I'm always enriched by marriage as well. So uh, I'm certainly very grateful. Got to uh, throw one question in there we always yes, throw this is I almost the, forgot this is the we didn't we didn't Uh-oh. tell you this this is the super secret uh, thing. <laughs> we have a tradition here on the nativity podcast um <laughs> that that we've noticed that people people make one particular decision about mass and they always make this decision they always do it for very different reasons so i'm always curious what those reasons are so the question very simply is where do you sit in the church which pew is your pew we always sit near the front unless unless we've come in you know kind of late and it's already crowded um we are always sitting near the front we just tend to pay attention better for in the front and not looking at all the people around us but that being said 
when I go to daily mass on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I always sit all the way in the back because it's a visual for me because I want to look at everybody and say, Lord, I'm praying for everyone here today. I do that better intentionally when I'm all the way in the back and I have this visual look at everyone and just going forward. I'm praying for everyone that's here and I'm praying for whatever they're praying for, especially for the people around me. And I think that started too, because when our kids were younger and we found they weren't paying attention, we had a priest once said, bring them all the way to the front so they can see and then they'll have a better understanding. So we started doing that, and then we've just kept doing it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, our and, boys were all. And it's also our boys Poland. don't pay much better attention now than when they were kids. <laughs> so it still helps to have them up front. Uh, I think it just helps them better absorb uh, the word of the God and uh, and pay attention. Well, and they were also ultra serving every Sunday before too. So oh, so you could be up in the see, front to see them. Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. I love it. Jen, if folks want to get connected to Marriage Enrichment Ministry, where where can they go? How do they get on the flock note? How do they find you? So if they go to our parish website, they can click underneath ministries and they'll see the Marriage Enrichment Ministry and they can click on that. Or they can email me at marriage at nativityburke.org. Perfect. So marriage at nativityburke.org. That's Burke, B-U-R-K-E. And uh, and that's also our website would be uh, nativityburke.org. Well, we thank you guys for your witness, for your, for your witness to your marriage, and also to helping other couples in our parish get connected. Mary, do you have any shout outs? She only works here on Sundays for a little bit in the morning, but her name is Ana Gonzalez. She, I don't know how long she's been working here, but she's our front receptionist at the office. And uh, I did not know her before COVID. During the pandemic, I started coming here to mass to live stream. Um, in between masses, I would hang out with her and I've gotten to know her. She's just a wonderful person. So I just want to give a shout out to Ana Gonzalez. We really appreciate everything that she does. Awesome. And I'm going to shout out Father Wilson. Uh, we have a priest who has been visiting at our parish for decades, <laughs> and uh, he literally does everything. He can say Mass in English and Spanish. He teaches at universities. He has taught all over, you know, all over the East Coast and is just a fantastic, uh, a fantastic light and an Augustinian priest. Uh, I'm just so grateful for all of his wisdom and insight and all of the work that he does to serve our church. Amen. uh, And with that, friends, we thank you, Jen and Mark, and Mary Castellano, and from all of us here at Nativity in... um, As a a, a great note for all of you, we are not perfect, marriages are not perfect, but with God, all things are possible, so uh, we're going to continue to pray for you and pray for us, and with that, thank you, and God bless you.